Hey, I'm Kevin Burke, 93 Dizzy Dean World Series champion. My eight-year-old team won 50 games last year, and I have so many rings and trophies, I can't even keep up with them all. Wait, you're saying nobody cares? That that That's not going to get my kid to the big leagues? All right, all right. Let's talk about what really matters. Welcome to the Elbow Up Youth Baseball Podcast. First-hand and real-time experience, stories, advice, and lessons learned. Some the hard way by me, a former player, lifelong fan, and now dad and coach. What's up, Youth Baseball Nation, and welcome to another episode of the Elbow Up Youth Baseball Podcast. So this may be one of the most controversial episodes I've done since I wrote the Dizzy Dean post, I don't know, almost two years ago, that kind of helped kicked off the, the Elbow Up era. In that article, I argued that they and many other little league type organizations had really doomed themselves with a failure to evolve as the sports, as the youth sports landscape had shifted. Now, as those organizations have seen a mass exodus of young players, the pendulum has swung in the completely opposite direction. All we have now are two day tournaments every weekend for nine months out of the year. And it's killing youth baseball player development. So the answer is not to go back to the old way of rec leagues and all-stars, but to find a middle ground that promotes player development and competition while remaining flexible and affordable. And that's going to be difficult. So I've been thinking about this for some time, but I really didn't know which angle to tackle it from. Simply put, the current select or travel ball environment fails at player development because it puts coaches in a must-win mentality every game every week. Now, again, if you listen to the show, when I say youth baseball, I'm talking, you know, when they start five and six up through maybe 12 and 13, which is really when you have the the highest volume of players that are playing. And of course, as they get older, you know, some decide to do other things. Some don't like the game anymore. Some maybe aren't quite as good and they can't keep up, so they decide to quit. But we're talking about the younger ages. And really what I'm seeing is kind of this this race every week to win a trophy, to win a ring. Teams are traveling at seven now. Coaches are constantly thinking about seeding, the elimination bracket, who they're going to play next, how many runs they can give up, who might pitch next. Who's going to be available to pitch after that and after that? None of that is really something that should be a priority week in and week out for youth coaches. Now, before everyone gets upset and sends me hate mail, I'm certainly not against tournaments. In fact, I really enjoy the tournaments. Um, I'm also not against winning or playing to win. As I've stated on here regularly, I want to win and will try to win every time I step onto the field. So I think first off, 
young players aren't ready for this type of baseball. Let's start backwards with the older age groups and more advanced baseball. I'm talking about maybe 15 you and above. So I think at that age, the weekend tournaments are fine. And really, as you start getting older, you really see more like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, because they, you can't have, you can't cram so many games, um, into two days because they last longer. The pitching uh, needs more rest, but at this age, teams are typically built for this type of thing. The player pool has been somewhat filtered. The talent gap has closed, relatively speaking. Coaches know who pitches and who doesn't. And the focus begins to shift from just fun and development to competition and working on playing at the next level. At this age, most kids still playing are playing in high school. They have a primary position or two. They understand the game, again, relatively speaking. You even see POs, pitcher only. So people who literally, kids who just pitch, and maybe they just go when they're pitching or when they need them to pitch or whatever. But, but that's, that's a, it's a whole different level of baseball. And those teams are built for that. Compare that to the 9U and the 10U landscape today. Coaches have zero clue who will be pitchers in the long run. Players haven't matured enough mentally or physically to know where they might fit best on the field, and they certainly don't know the game. I have seen so many really, really good 8U players who do not know the game. They hit it hard, and then they run fast, and they go around and around and around the bases, and that's it. And that's okay. That's actually, like, I don't th- I'm not a proponent of teaching, you know, chess level baseball at at eight years old but what that means is you can't just say okay at nine we're going to start real baseball and we're going to be experts at it doesn't work that way the best teams at the at the younger ages typically have the best athletes that's it and being the best athlete at eight or nine is not necessarily a good predictor of who will be the best baseball player when they're 16 or 17 years old. So besides players not being ready, coaches focus 100% on winning. Now, I know I'm going to offend some people, and that's okay, but I'm included in this over the years. This is a tough one. Even the most objective coaches are lured into this trap. Again, myself and my team included. Nobody wants to lose, and so you're going to do what it takes to win. When you do find a coach, which is rare, who sees the long game and tries to have a development first mentality, the parents can't stand it. They go crazy. We want to win. Why aren't we, why aren't we doing this? Why aren't we doing that? Then they move on to another team and another coach. When you understand that first issue of players not being ready, it's easier to understand why this is an issue. So, It's really short-term gain, long-term pain. I see it happening right now. Coaches are making decisions to win this week, and those exact same decisions are going to cause them to lose in two years. Coaches should be moving guys around, letting many kids pitch, teaching the game. It's hard to do 
when you're constantly worried about your seating for the next day. I get it. What's even crazier, like, we can't see the forest for the trees, guys. They, we stick with our number one shortstop over and over and over because we, quote, need him there. But what happens when that shortstop goes to pitch? Now I don't have a shortstop because I never developed one. So instead of moving guys around and getting reps at other positions, we keep our best nine on the field. And guess what? Our team might win that game or even that tournament. But we don't develop players, which then what? Hinders our team success in the long run. Doesn't make sense. It makes sense in, the, in, in today's world, the instant gratification, the short run. We want to do it now. And I get that. Like, I want to win now, too. And if we have a system of tournament, 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 that's what we're going to do. In these weekly tournaments, a coach will make a major coaching decision based on maybe not just giving up another run when the game is already locked up. Seriously, who cares if you win 12 to 2 or 12 to 6? Well, if you want to be the number one seed, or maybe you don't want to play that early game Sunday, then you do. Or maybe you've got the lock the game locked up, but giving up one more run eliminates you from the championship bracket. We did this one time where we put in a guy who wasn't one of our top pitchers. We were, we were up by 10 or 10 or 12 runs. This was last year, last fall. We had just started pitching, trying to get more reps. We're in a weekend tournament. And, you know, I think we went two and O maybe it was one and one. I can't remember, but anyway, it doesn't matter. We missed the championship bracket by one run. And after the game, we, I, I, looking back on it, it was so stupid. Like, now, now obviously it makes sense to me. Like, I can't believe that we talked that way. But we were so upset with ourselves. Why did we pitch that kid? Why did we not bring him out? Well, looking back, was it really that bad? That kid got more innings. And we still got to play another game. Frankly, we still got a ring. <laughs> There's a gold ring and a silver ring and a bronze ring. Everybody gets a ring. How is this chasing the ring helping develop our players? You would have won that game either way. The answer is it's not. Now, again, this is young guys. I'm not talking about 16, 17-year-old travel guys that are, that are trying to get into college. That's different. Not even the same. So before those emails start coming in, this is the, the sevens, the eights, the nines, the tens, the elevens, even the twelves. We're still the kids haven't even hit puberty yet at twelve in a lot of cases. So we don't know who's gonna be the best pitcher, the strongest, the biggest, the fastest. We should be teaching the game. A lot of times it's not even baseball. We just run and we run and we run and we walk and then we run and then we walk and then we run. You know, we don't try to lay down a bunt. We try to steal maybe third after we stole second. That only works for like a year, maybe two, depending on where you are. Maybe not even that long. Then that kid gets thrown out. The hitter never learns how to bunt or what to do in that situation. Hit behind the runner. And then guess what? The team can't compete. 
So we won a bunch of rings at nine, but then uh, we can't we can't win at twelve because we never learned the game. And I, I'm not trying to be condescending because I've been there, I've done that, and even my second time through, the temptation is there. We still make decisions in game for the game or for the tournament. So this is not. I'm I'm really calling out coaches less for doing this and calling more the, the structure of youth baseball. It's, it's forcing coaches to do that. And coaches will continue to do that until we do something different as, a, as kind of an, a, a structural organization. Unless every single coach today said, I'm not going to do it that way anymore, it's not going to change. And that's not going to happen. The other issue with it is cost. You know, the barrier to entry for select or travel baseball is really, really high in a lot of cases. Like I can remember when my now 18-year-old was playing maybe seven U rec ball, I think it cost me 60 bucks for the year. When my now nine-year-old played seven U, it's probably, I think it was like 95 bucks, maybe 100 Our individual player fees at 9U are in the hundreds. Some teams are in the thousands. And then our team will raise thousands more in fundraising. Do we really need $8,000, $10,000, $12,000 as a team for one season in 9U? Yeah. Now, we may be able to get by with a little bit less, but... The number one culprit for eating up team fees is tournament entry fees. Our, our team fees on our team this year have gone up several multiples. Because in 7 and 8U, a lot of the tournaments are, are free, right? 50 bucks, 75 bucks for the tournament, or maybe free because they, they get the, the younger teams bring in more people and they get more gate. But now... The games are longer. The umpires are more expensive. You're talking $200, $250, $300. That's for a local or a, a very small regional tournament. It's even more in some of these places. Not to mention the gate fee, maybe 10 bucks a day, 15 potentially. You might be able, if you're lucky, to get a weekend pass for 20 Add all that together. Divide it by how many people on your team and you're well over a thousand dollars it there's there's a lot of americans that cannot afford afford that they just can't so it keeps potentially good baseball players out of the game here's another one that's going to probably ruffle some feathers and, and maybe well, I know people will disagree, but it also monopolizes our time. And trust me, I love to be on the baseball field with my son or sons and family more than anybody. But playing every weekend from February through November prohibits family time. And in a lot of cases, vacation that you otherwise would have had. The, the common response always, always is, well, we just love being on the field, or my son just loves it. He just wants to be out there all the time. Well, my son loves to play Xbox every day as well for five hours. 
That doesn't mean I let him do it because that's doesn't just because he loves it doesn't mean that's good for him. I love being out there, but it's not healthy to be out there 30 weeks in a row every weekend chasing rings. Yes, it can be fun in the moment, but I need a vacation. I need to sit on the beach. I need to catch up on housework. I need to spend time with my family in a more you know, intimate and relaxed setting with no scheduled ball game to get to. I'm not herding cats between games in an overcrowded park in a rain delay. I love being on the field more than anyone, but we all need a break. It's not healthy to play this long every single week without a break. And I know you're going to say, well, I take, we take a week off or a week. We're still, it's the same. It's Let's cram five or six games in two days. That's all we do for the weekend. And then we work, and then we do that again. And then we work, and then we do that again. And it's, it's not healthy. It also limits time in other activities. So as much as I promote and love the game of baseball, like we need to do other things. My son, for example, he loves to fish, ride four-wheelers, anything outdoors. He even, and I link to this in the, if you're listening to the podcast in the, the uh, written article at getelbowup.com, he even started a YouTube channel and he just shoots videos. And, and it's not just getting out and getting into the sun and the fresh air. He's learning, recording these videos, public speaking, the software that it takes to publish these and edit these. Those are things that he needs to do. How many kids have their identities tied to baseball, strictly the game of baseball? More than you would admit. And I've stated over and over and over, the chances of your son and my son playing after high school are very slim. And the chances of them actually playing after college are even more slim. So what happens when the game of baseball is over and they have nothing else to do? Their entire identity from the age of 7 through 16, 17, 18 was baseball. That is a real issue. That's not some, oh, what? A, yeah, that's just theoretical. That is a real issue, and kids don't know what to do. They weren't involved in anything else. Play other sports, do vacations, take family time, take breaks. So I've been, it, this may come across somewhat negative today, and, and it's not the coaches and the parents. I, I think it's like this perpetual fear of missing out, right? So this teams are starting to play earlier, so I better start to play earlier. Teams are playing every weekend, so I better play every weekend. If I don't, my kid's going to get behind. If I don't play for the month of July, June and July, I'm going to get behind. And, and the, the problem here, the tough part is the answer is very difficult. It's a very complex. There's a lot of layers here to the onion. So I have some ideas. They certainly are not easy to implement unless everyone buys in. And like I said, the fear of missing out is real. Parents and coaches play earlier, more often, and longer because they're afraid their son and their team is going to get left behind. That's just the way it is. There's also the issue of money. So, and I'm not talking about team expenses, but tournament directors and, and parks, they make money off of this. And I think that's good. I am. <laughs> they provide a service, so they should be compensated for their time. Nobody, if you think that tournament directors should not make money, that's, to me, that's not right. That's not fair. If they're, if they're spending their time um, and they're providing a service of value, they should be compensated. 
So I'm not mad at the tournament directors, but there's, it's going to be very difficult to change, again, the structure of this when there is that much money involved. And I'm not even saying getting, let's get rid of every tournament. But listen, the more, the more tournaments there are, the more money they make. I mean, in Chattanooga, Tennessee, it's a, you know, it's a smaller, it's, it's, the metro area has half a million people. There's quite a few teams. But there, every weekend, there's like three or four tournaments. So instead of having a really good field, you may have three people here, four teams there, five teams there, three teams there. They compete. And then when one didn't make, they got to hurry up and do it next week so they make their money again. And I get it. I, I'm not, this is not bashing tournaments and tournament directors. I, the, the people who say they're too expensive or they shouldn't charge 10 bucks to get in, like they have to be able to make money and, and pay their bills just like we do. So I'm not, I'm not opposed to that when we have tournaments. It's just we, we as coaches, we can't play tournaments every weekend for nine months. So I do have some ideas. I wish I could wave a magic wand and fix the whole situation. Unfortunately, <laughs> the best I can do is record another podcast and, and write another article and share those ideas. So um, if you're interested in hearing what I have to say, uh, tune in next time. Be sure if, th- if you're listening to this for the first time, go to getelbowup.com and just put in your email address. And when I post my, my podcasts, uh, you'll get a note, an email. Um, sometimes I write an article and don't record it. And so you'll get that as well. Um, leave a comment. I I know this is, this is definitely going to be controversial. So whether, uh, you leave your opinion or not, I'm, I'm definitely interested in hearing others opinion. I have just, I've kind of gone through this, like I said, in many of these episodes with my 18 year old growing up and, and I was all in, I'm still all in, but we were the family. We were the team. We wanted to play every weekend. That's what we. That's what we did. Like we. We loved it. And I do. I do today. I like the people that are on our team. We have a really good core group. We've been together for several years. We like spending time together on the field between games, after the games. It has nothing to do with that. This is strictly about player development. I think that so many teams. Their players are getting the short end of the stick because they just want to play in these tournaments every weekend. And you may say, well, what else do we do? That's all there is. Well, like I said, tune in next time. I've got some ideas and um, hope that you'll definitely come back for that. So, again, thanks for listening. Please uh, get elbowup.com, leave a comment, leave a rating. Uh, would love to hear from you. You can also, if you got this in your email, just send, hit reply. Um, find us on Facebook. It's Elbow Up Youth Baseball. On Twitter, it's Elbow underscore Up. And that's it for today. I'll see you next time. Okay.